We are in uh, challenging days, and I'm so thankful for your prayerfulness. Honestly, you guys, right now, as we spend a little time together in God's word, I'm going to ask that you would be listening today, but I'm also going to ask that you'd be uh, praying simultaneous to your listening. I am I'm particularly uh, sensitive this week and last week to the leading of God. And in fact, today I have uh, changed the, the type of message that I will bring to you. The, the manner that I am bringing it to you today is going to be a little different than normal. But in trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what God's up to, that means there are times where we need to shift gears. We need to allow him to extra tune in our senses. A couple of weeks ago, we, we used a day of prayer and fasting to be a place where uh, we would clear out some space in our day and, and fast and pray. And that would allow God to stir us up or point some things out to us. And uh, we, we are sensing a desperate need to do that again. And so we would love for you to join us this coming Wednesday for another day of prayer and fasting. We, we have lots to be praying for today in, in our city, in our country, and all across the world. And so if you would like to join us this Wednesday, we invite you to that day of prayer and fasting and to make sure that you stay connected to some of the areas that we would like to be unified on that day as we seek God, then make sure that you're getting our text message updates. And the best way to do that is just to uh, text uh, the, this number on your screen there, and that will kind of connect you up with these text message updates. You'll be able to uh, connect with us this coming Wednesday as a whole church, we seek the Lord again in prayer and fasting in these challenging days. I would very much like to uh, pray for us right now and then spend a little bit of time in what God led me to prepare for you uh, this week. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness to us as Jesse reminded us for centuries now. Despite our wandering hearts, you have continued to be faithful. You have continued to be good. But we come before you on this particular weekend desperate for you to move for you to revive souls, for you to turn hearts, for you to rescue, for you to uh, give strength and boldness to followers of Jesus, for you to rescue those that are far from you. Father, we come today with heavy hearts, looking around at what's going on in our nation, which is added on top of what's already going on with this pandemic, across our world. We know that this doesn't catch you by surprise, that you are still sovereign God and you have the ability to move and change hearts and right wrongs. Father, we lift up our police to you and we thank you, God, for them. Keep them safe and protect them. 
We lift up our African-American brothers and sisters who have suffered an awful lot in our country for years and years and years. We ask that you keep your hand of favor and protection on them. And we pray also, Father, for those that are causing a civil unrest, that you would turn their hearts. And Father, now as we have a little bit of time to gather, we just pray that you'd work on our own hearts and our own minds. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. This week, I desperately wanted to give up. The rising tide of hatred, hostility, sickness, violence, hurt, divisions, dissensions, lies, pride, ignorance, confusion, and isolation had begun to erode at the shoreline of my heart and my mind. The further the waters rose, the quicker I retreated up the beach to the strong seawall that is Jesus Christ. None of politics, people, or strategic planning were going to help me. This was Jesus' territory. Like the Israelites backed up against the Red Sea, I had got as far as I could go under my own steam. Now, if I was going to survive it, it would be up to the strength of a miracle-working God rather than a miracle-needing saint. I'm here today because although I wanted to give up, I did not. By a tsunami of his grace that swallowed up any of the waves that the world was creating. I did not give up because he is good. He is greater. I did not give up because he enabled me to not give up. I did not give up because he purposed that I not give up. And so today, I'm reading my sermon to you rather than delivering in my normal style. I'm reading because I wanted these words to be specific. I wanted them to be clear. I wanted these words to stare me in the heart long before they were spoken to yours. We are in difficult days. They are days of tension, concern, and pain. Are they the end of days? We do not know. But it certainly feels as if the pot is starting to boil. Things feel bad. And I'm tempted to even describe these days as evil. Before my time, the planet saw not one, but two world wars, the Great Depression, many other world battles and conflicts. The planet saw the collapse of the family unit. It saw God, yet again, being traded out for fleeting idols. America has lived through presidential assassinations, violence surrounding the civil rights movement, and the subsequent assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. It has lived through economic crises, terror attacks, and now a pandemic. The brokenness described in God's word has plenty of evidence outside of the Bible. 
But there's also evidence of something else in the Bible and in our world, the powerful, triumphant goodness of God Almighty. In the 1960s, amongst deep national pain, the Apollo rockets took to space, causing mankind to look upward to something more. It became a momentary cause for national celebration, if not a broader celebration of what humankind was capable of when we worked together for common good. Ironically today, amongst equally painful days in our country, we also see a recent return to space as this weekend NASA and SpaceX partner to put two astronauts into orbit with the mission director saying yesterday, this launch was successful because we worked together. Is not the church more impactful than NASA or SpaceX? Are not the people of God more equipped to work together for the benefit of every city, every nation, and every people group on planet Earth? Is not God himself constantly working throughout history to bring light to the darkest of places and good to the worst of situations? Yes. God has already done a beautifully good and transformative work in those of you who follow Jesus. He, in his immense goodness, has done a good work in you. He's done much good in you so that you might be his agents of goodness wherever you are. He loves using your new identity and your unique expression of himself to do good to your family and do good to your church and do good to your community and do good to your world. I turn to one simple verse today for encouragement about who you are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. On the heels of maybe the best verses summarizing the free gift of our salvation, God gives us the implications of our new identity found by grace through faith. There was a plan for me and you. You are God's handiwork, you are His masterpiece his work of art, every nuanced color of your life, every inch of subject matter, every bump of texture, every angle of perspective, all shows the delicate but skilled touch of his hand at work on you and in you. Know that you are a stunning work of God who often takes his breath away. You are created in Christ Jesus. Yes, Jesus, the creator of all, also knit you together in your mother's womb. And then he took things a step further. 
He brought you into relationship with him. And when he did that, he made you a new, beloved, valuable, secure citizen of heaven, gripped firmly by a God who is always for you. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. As agents of his goodness, wherever you are, Wherever you go, as you are going, with friends, with family, with strangers, with people you like and those you don't, you do good. You restore goodness, the original goodness of his creation. And all this he prepared in advance for you to do. Before one of your days, came to be, God had your picture hanging on his wall. You are his plan A. From the beginning, he planned to use you. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece, his ambassadors, his restorative plan for his goodness to spread and not just to spread, but to triumph. Triumph over hatred and triumph over lies and triumph over spiritual bankruptcy and triumph over jealousy and triumph over insecurities and triumph over pride and triumph over racism and triumph over politics and triumph over isolation and triumph over our failures and triumph over ignorance and triumph over selfishness, triumph over sin, evil, death and the devil himself we need followers of Jesus who are agents of his goodness now more than ever and so I leave you to think on his goodness and what it looks like I leave you not with my own words but with the words of scripture from Romans Chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Listen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is what agents of goodness do. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. 
Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And then here it is. Verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Indeed, as beloved children of God, you are his agents of goodness. So don't give up. He hasn't given up on you and he hasn't given up on his plan to restore his goodness. On the eve of his assassination, on April 3rd, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. said, we've got some difficult days ahead But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I have seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Heights Church I have been to the valley and back to the mountaintop. I stand with Pastor John and our leadership when I say confidently to all of us, black, white, police, civilians, whoever we are who look to Jesus for our hope, we will do good and we will overcome all of this. How? Because he who promised is faithful every single time. Would you pray with me? And so, Father, we we just need you every single step of the way. We need you to recalibrate our hearts and recalibrate our eyes. We need you to help us discern right from wrong. We need your Holy Spirit to flood through us to speak things and to live out things that are good. Fill our hearts to overflowing that out of the overflow of our hearts, what we speak and what we do would be salt and light and that many would praise you, God, upon seeing your good works through your faithful ones. Bring unity where there is none. Bring an end to hostility as we wade into difficult days. Bring healing to those who are sick. Use us however you see fit, God, as agents of goodness to continue to work out your plan of salvation and restoration. Let us, Father, not grow weary in doing good because we know, we know, we know we will reap a harvest 
at the proper time if we do not give up. Make it so, God. Make it so. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.